Day 1. Immediately after all trades at the San Diego Padres locker room. All right. New guys, light up. Come on, get, get on in here. Now, please fill out your name on the sticker and attach it to your jersey. We'll ask each of y'all to come up here and introduce yourself and tell us your favorite movie, uh, someone you admire, besides yourself, and your favorite food. Yeah, uh, you Clevenger, I see you have your hand up back there. Could you ask guys a quick time my cleats up together and call me names? Yeah, sure, Clev. Also, remember that Dolores here, she and her staff have been working overtime since yesterday to get all your names on your cleats, uniforms, lockers, and cups. Make sure she sizes you up and has the correct spelling of your name. That is all. Welcome to Baseball Biz. It's Tuesday, September 1st. I'm your host, Mark Carbett, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Brandon Noe, the perfect prognosticator of all things sports, and he's going to here today sharing his wisdom on the MLB trades for the 2020 season. 30 MLB teams have wrapped up their final trades for the 2020 season. It's been a lot of movement. All in all, what kind of changes can we expect will this make for this season and perhaps for a longer view strategy as well? How's it going today, Brandon? Oh, Mark, I'll tell you what. It's a beautiful, sunny day outside. The Rays beat the Yankees last night, and the Lightning eliminated the Bruins. So, in short, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? <laughs> About the same, man. Like I said, the sun's out. It's been dark and gloomy last few days, so I'm glad to see something change in that respect. This is about baseball, but you can't help talk about the Lightning last night. What, two overtimes? <laughs> wow. Yeah, they have a tendency to go. They like to do long overtime games. So, I mean, they played five overtime games a few weeks ago. So, Oh, good gravy. That's insane. Well, let's bring our world back here to baseball for a moment here in Baseball Biz. And, Brandon, you know, I set you up here. You're the perfect prognosticator, I've said, of all things sports. So you've got to live up to that now. Oh, no, no pressure there. <laughs> oh, you heard that bit there just a moment ago about the Padres and uh, their organization. So what's, what do you think? Man, you want to talk about somebody going all in. It's like they just kept going and then going. <laughs> it wouldn't uh, stop. Like they, they just like traded their whole, like a whole lineup's worth of players. It was absolutely insane, but I mean, San Diego's been doing some crazy things. Anyway, uh, I know being a race fan, I was kind of sad to see Tommy Pham go last year. And I thought, oh, he'll, he'll make a nice you know, growth to their program, but there's been a whole lot more than that happening there. So I was surprised to see how many that they've added. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about standings, but how, do you know their numbers right now as far as wins loss? Um, wins loss, they are in second place at 22 and 15. 22 and 15. That's, that's, uh, nice. That's good. It's a lot better than a lot of folks. So, and, but they, they see room for, uh, movement. Yeah. I mean, I respect them going all in, but is it really worth it in the long run? I don't know. We'll see. You know, I mean, it's, it shows a commitment and I'm curious to see how that plays out. So it's like all one big hand putting all the chips in there and see how it's going to roll out. So I'm curious to see that as well. If we look across some of the other ones, what are you seeing as far as people? Who are some of the souls that we're seeing moving from one team to another, Padres included? Well, to me, it seemed like it was like a really quiet deadline this year. It seemed like there was more talk about it. No big names really were moved this year, and there are many reasons why that could be. 
But, you know, Robbie Ray, he went to the Blue Jays. Starling Marte, he went to the Marlins. Jonathan VR, he went to the Blue Jays as well. You also have Cameron Maben. He went to the Cubs from the Tigers. He's somehow still in the league. It feels like he's been around forever. Definitely a fixture. I, th- I think a lot of people were expecting to see some movement, I think, with the Rangers, too, with Joey Gallo and Lance Lynn. Thought we'd probably see somebody move from there. That didn't really materialize. The Rangers didn't do much. They just traded Mike Miner to the A's, you know, more bullpen help or, or rotation help. A couple of players to be named later. I haven't seen anything on who that was. Miner, he's going to be a free agent after this year. He has a pretty high ERA at 560 and only 35 in the third innings. You know, my favorite player I see traded all the time, and that's Mr. PTBNL. Yeah, he, he seems to be on the move a lot. Yeah. Mr. Mad for the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, there's looking at this, too, uh, the Brewers. Now, they traded a reliever. It was David Phelps to the Phillies. But I think a lot of people were wondering if Josh Hader was going to be traded, but he wasn't. The Brewers were, like, really like a quiet team. They're kind of like middle of the road, it seems. More on that later on. A little bit of a tease for you. They're kind of like a middle of the road team, it seems like. You didn't really hear what exactly they're going to do. Oh, the Marlins, Sterling Marte. And he's, you know, he's not the youngest, as far as I can tell. But he's certainly somebody who brings something to the to the Marlins. I mean, from the Diamondbacks. And they thought enough of him to send, I think, three other players, Caleb Smith, Humberto Maya and Julio Frias. Julio Frias, my apologies. So that the Marlins added a left-hand uh, relief pitcher, Travis Bergen. For that, they sent Robbie Ray to the Blue Jays. And he's just about ready to move out of free agency. But he's a pretty good strikeout pitcher from my understand. So that'll be interesting to see how that also plays. But the Toronto Blue Jays always fascinate me. Because they're, they're such a young team at this point. They've got a, you know, a young manager, at least young as far as being a manager. He's just been there, what, a couple of years now. You look at all of those people there. I mean, whether it be Vigio, whether it be uh, Vladimir, whether it be you know, any of those guys, Vladimir, Vlad Jr., so, Bobachet, and then he's, I think, out on the injured list right now. So you know, it'll be interesting to see the Toronto Blue Jays. They may not be doing everything this year, but they're looking better all the time. Yeah, the Blue Jays, they did, from what everything I'm reading, is that they really didn't go all in on doing, you know, big name additions. They went to go getting, or going out there and getting, you know, their weak spots, addressing that, because they went out and they got Taiwan Walker and Robbie Ray and Ross Stripling for the rotation and then infield depth. They brought in Jonathan VR, which with Bichette out, that helps them out. So theirs was more of like, hey, what are our weaknesses? And they just addressed that, which honestly is probably the right thing to do because they're a pretty de- decent team already. They didn't really need anything big and flashy. Well, that, that certainly makes sense. And looking at the trade deadline, again, it closed just the other day. So the regular season, this is done. This is done. What were the, some of the biggest surprises or that you didn't expect? What were some of the things that were unique? Well, there are a lot of teams really standing pat and not doing anything. Like the Rays, the Yankees, the Braves, a lot of the big front teams didn't do anything really to, you know, big bolster their lineup or rotation or anything. Like the Rays, for example, we were thinking, hey, maybe they can get another catcher because Zanino's hurt and Perez. 
they haven't been the greatest catchers this year. Maybe they could get more pitching because, you know, they have injury problems. Same with the Yankees as well. They could do, they could get more help as well, rotation and offensively because Judge and Stanton seem to always be hurt now. I know. I'm really curious about the Yankees too. I mean, you pointed out to me when I was criticizing the farm system, they actually do have a very good farm system, but still they've got these top dollar people out there at the bat in the fielders and the pitching and there there's expectations there. And what do you do when something that big, that high price tagged item is not actually there to deliver. And I actually expected a little bit more activity too, but evidently that, I don't know that some of the, I won't say any team is tanking this year, but I wonder if some of them saying, okay, I'm not going to worry so much about 2020. I'm going to look hard at 2021. I'm already halfway through the season. 2020, is it a bust? Is it worth spending any more time on it? Or should I be focusing completely on 2021 and past that? And that means, is there going to be trading done, you know, later on this year? Well, off season, you know, is that where they're actually going to take the time to sit down and be able to discover what talent's not injured for long term? You know, I mean, let's face it, right now there have been a lot of people who've had Tommy John surgery or are scheduled for it. There's been a lot of injuries. Maybe they want to wait a little while before they pick some of these players up or not. Yeah, because, I mean, they don't have the workout time with the spring training or summer camp, whatever you want to call it this year. Large number of pitchers are going down with injuries and also with finances because, you know, they're taking a huge hit this year with, or they say they're taking a huge hit with no fans in the, in the stands. And they could also be waiting, hey, we don't know what what we can do this year. And maybe that's why some teams on the outside didn't do so much is because they don't know if we do this, will we be able to keep it around next year because we don't know what our finances will look like. So maybe that snuck into some GM's minds as well. I think it would almost have to, Brandon. I think you're right on the money there. Okay, let's come back a little bit more here. So we've talked about some surprises, but we're also about that there's really not, not a lot of surprises because what are they waiting for? They're looking toward the future. Okay, well, we take a look at the trade the trade deadlines, some surprises, not, some not surprises, and not the activity we thought we might see. Some people we thought would be trading out and not others. So beyond that, what do you want to take a look at now? Do you want to take a look at the rundown, or do you want to take a standing sort, or do you, where would you like to go from here? Well, we do something new. Look at uh, maybe a little bit of some surprises and disappointments we've had so far. Now that we've seen everything that's going on with the trade deadlines, Brandon, maybe we should take a little look at what's working and what's not working. We came in here thinking it would be a weird season. Actually, we knew it would be a weird season. And we we're curious to see how teams were performing a short season. You know, would they exceed expectations? Would they fall short? Would they have enough ramp up time? Would they just run out of time in general? So I came up with a list, and I want to read it off to you, of who my surprises and disappointments are so far this year, if that's all right with you. Please do. I'd love to hear it. All right. We'll start with the AL. Surprising? wasn't. There's no team really in the AL that really was like, wow, this is a shocking run to me. Maybe three teams or a little bit. We'll start, we'll start out with the, the Motor City Kitties and the Tigers, who are 16 and 16 and only a, a game and a half back of Toronto for the eighth seed. Wow. People before the season thought they would maybe get 16 wins overall total, but here they are possibly s- sneaking into the playoffs. 
The Orioles at 15 and 19, they, a lot of people thought they would be awful as well. They're right in there. And this isn't necessarily a surprise to me. It's more of just like how good they've been. But the White Sox, who are 22 and 13 and only two and a half games back of first in the American League. Well, that's pretty much it for my surprises. I'll go with the disappointments where it was a little bit more obvious. Of course, I got to go with the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they would be, you know, a top tier team. I was thinking maybe fifth seed, later, lower seed, something like that. But I mean, they're one of the worst teams in baseball right now. That's something I really didn't expect at all. Yeah, that's, it's kind of sad times. I mean, you can't say that by not having Mookie Betts or David Price, the whole place should go under. But Mookie Betts has done fantastic for the Dodgers. I really did expect more from the Red Sox this year than what we're seeing. Yeah, and as well as the Rangers, I was thinking maybe a little bit more too closer to contending. They went, they're at 12 and 21, one of the worst teams. And the Mariners at 15 and 22. I expect maybe a little bit more from them, playoff contention at least, but they've been like, they've been really overwhelming this, or underwhelming this year. Let's switch over to the NL where a little bit more variety here in this one. Start with those surprises. The Padres at 22 and 15. I didn't think they would be as good as they have been this year. Once again, they're a team I was thinking maybe wild card, fifth seed, maybe. And here they are in the second seed in the West and looking at what they're doing at the trade deadline. They're just going all in, you know, they're putting their chips in the middle of the table. They're amazing. And I'm really looking forward to seeing these new additions, how much more they're able to succeed in these last four weeks of the season. Yeah. I don't know if it makes them better than the Dodgers. I mean, I haven't really been able to watch the Dodgers. They haven't been on TV. seems like I'd love to get to watch them, but. I'd love to actually love to see a Padres Dodgers playoff series. That'd be great. Oh, that would be huge. I think everybody would like to see that one. And another surprise, a special shout out to the Marlins. Who with all their, their COVID problems they went through earlier in this year, they're thinking that, you know, maybe just be like, okay, forget about the Marlins, kick them out for the year. Here they are at fifteen and fifteen and in a playoff spot. Yeah, I was ready to dig out the shovel again, you know, I've for them early on. I thought, oh my gosh. With all the COVID-19 in there, I thought, how strong are these people going to be able to come back? Yeah, and even maybe throwing the Cardinals as well. They're in there contending for a playoff spot. They're at 13-13, and 13, 500. They've missed a ton of games, but they're making them out pretty quick. Maybe throw them in as well with all the problems they've had. True. True. That's I hadn't thought about the Cardinals. <laughs> they weren't on a lot of people's radar for a while. Let's go to disappointment. Where this is where I feel I have a lot more to say. Oh, just more <laughs> disappointment. Okay. Yeah. Well, one team that's who kind of encouraged your wrath. Who, who encouraged your wrath? <laughs> well, nobody really encouraged my wrath. It was just like I felt like there was more, you know, oomph behind this one. I had more expectations for some of these teams. Two teams okay. specifically. I'll go with a little one. Some people might not be disappointed by them, but the Diamondbacks. At 14 and 21, last year they finished second in the West and they acquired Madison Bumgarner in the offseason. I was thinking, you know, maybe they could push in there, maybe be middle of the road, you know, fifth, sixth seed in the playoffs, but they're one of the worst teams in the NL. And <laughs> I just had a little bit more expectations with that, especially with Bumgarner as your ace. And this one's kind of low hanging fruit. It's out there. 
And they're not my most disappointing team, but I got to go with the Nationals. I mean, 12 and 20, just coming off of the World Series run. I just feel like they just fell flat on their face. Yeah, I know that some people have moved. What can we expect from them in the future? I mean, they didn't really have any dramatic trades either going on, did they, this past week? No, I mean, they lost Rendon in the offseason, which, I mean, we all knew that would be a hit, but yeah. I didn't think that would be enough to like sink the whole ship because they still have Strasburg and Scherzer. They still have all that talent. And Juan Soto, even though he he's missed some time, I thought that just the pitching staff alone would be able to keep him afloat for a little bit until guys get healthier, but just fell off a cliff. There's that almost a stigma so many times of whoever won the uh, the World Series the year before is not going to get it again, but you don't necessarily think they're going to be so far down in the basement uh, as as the as the Washington Nationals are right now. I mean, I I wouldn't mind trading a World Series for a bottom feeder year the next year, but you're here. <laughs> I mean, that's first world problems, but it like to at least be competitive. It's just the Nationals just aren't even close. It seems like it feels like the beginning of last year. Where it was like, my God, what's going on over there? This may be a bit of a surprise to some people. But this is a team I thought would be really good this year. You know, they'd be sort of like what the Padres are. But the Milwaukee Brewers, at 16 and 18, they're only a half game behind the eighth seed, but they didn't do anything at the trade deadline to make them better. And last year, where they could have easily beaten the Nationals last year in the playoffs, which they would have, but Yelich got hurt. And the right fielder, of course, misplaying the ball, allowing the Nationals to take the lead and move on. That They lost their opportunity there. This year I came in thinking, hey, maybe they could possibly come out of the NL this year and play for the World Series if they get through the Dodgers, of course. They've just been middle-of-the-road pedestrian. I mean, Christian Yelich, the former MVP, he's only hitting 197 this year. And even though they're right there in the thick of the playoff race, it just feels like it's been very underwhelming. I know, and, and I expect a lot seeing Christian Yelich, and like you're saying, he's Last year, there were some injuries and such, but the Brewers, there's a lot of great possibility there, but it, it just hasn't materialized. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if maybe they were, if it would be like last year where the, they got off to a slow start like the Nationals did, where they just needed time to build up. We all knew coming into this year, we don't have that time to ramp up, and it seems like just maybe they didn't get the memo. They're, maybe they're just a slow team and they need time to get going, which they just don't have. Well, all that being said, is there any other ones we should take a look at as far as disappointments or, you know, people you would hold up and say, hey, that's great? Honestly, no real standouts for disappointments, to be completely honest. I think everybody's kind of sunk into where they kind of belong, like you are who you are at this point. You have the surprises that are still up there. Maybe they're still playing over their head. Maybe they're just better than what we thought they were. But it seems like now it's kind of like, okay, this is who your team is. This is kind of what you are from here on out until next year. Wow. That sounds a little dismal, but it's true, too. I think it's kind of like <laughs> sunk into the, the middle of the season and some definitions have been made of saying, okay, this is, this is my team and this is what, is what they're going to be at. Looking at these teams, whether they're great or not, whether they made some great trades or not, we're going to be looking at playoffs soon. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when we look at the playoffs, you've got 30 teams, 30 teams in a league, or both between both leagues, 
And then you've got 16 teams that will be in the playoffs. So if you're better than, you don't even have to be better than half of the teams, a little more than that, or a little less than that. You can still be potentially in the World Series. So so what's happening without the, all these teams out there? Give us the rundown, man. Tell us, tell us what's happening with the games. What are we looking at? Who are these people that are evolving in this last week? Or what's happening, Brandon? Right. Well, we'll start back in last week like we usually do, and a lot of postponements, of course, over the you know police brutality, all the protests and boycotts, social change going on. A lot of teams postpone games. Some of them were made up. Some have been given make-up dates. So we'll read off those. We'll start up in the start up in Pittsburgh where the White Sox were taking on the Pirates. The White Sox took took both of those games of the two-game series. We'll head on down to Atlanta, where the Braves were taking on the Yankees. Atlanta took the first two, but the the third game was postponed. No make-up date has been given. Then we'll head up to the Capitol, where the the Phillies were taking on the Nationals, with the Phillies taking the first two, and then the the third game was postponed, and that will be made up on September 22nd. Then we'll head up to Buffalo, with the Red Sox taking on the Blue Jays. They split the first two games, and another game was postponed. That will be made up September 4th. Then we'll head on down to St. Pete to the Trop where the O's were taking on the race. The race taken the first two and then the third game was postponed. That will be made up on September 17th as part of a doubleheader. Then we'll head up to Cleveland with the Twins taking on the Indians. The Indians took two out of three from the Twins. We'll head a little bit west to the Motor City with the Cubs taking on the Motor City Kitties or the Tigers. With the Tigers taking two out of three. Then we'll head back east to the Big Apple with the Marlins taking on the Mets. The Marlins taking two out of three with the fourth game being postponed, made up August 31st. We'll head down to Texas, where the A's were taking on the Rangers, with the A's taking two out of three, and the fourth game was postponed to September 12th. Then we'll head up to St. Louis, with the Royals taking on the Cardinals, with the Cardinals taking two out of three. Then we'll head west to the, to the desert, where the Rockies were taking on the Diamondbacks with the Rockies taking the first three, and then another game postponed, which will be made up August 25th. Heading down to Houston, you had the Angels taking on the Astros, with the with the Astros taking two out of three, and a postponed game, which will be made up September 5th as well. Heading up to Milwaukee with the Reds taking on the Brewers, in a four-game series, all four of those games were played, and both teams split the games to a piece. Then we'll head out to San Diego with the Mariners taking on the Padres, with the Mariners taking two out of three. And closing out the weekday series, we had the big rivalry with the Dodgers and Giants up in San Francisco with the Dodgers taking two out of three. All right, moving on to the weekend series. We'll start out in the Big Apple. The Subway Series, a five-game series between the Mets and Yankees, with the Yankees taking three out of the five, the Mets taking two. Head back to Ohio with the Cubs taking on the Reds. A four-game series, both teams splitting that series two games apiece. Then we'll head back to the Motor City with the Twinkies taking on the the Tigers. And the Tigers sweeping that four-game series over the Twins. Then we'll head back to Boston with the Nationals taking on the Red Sox. With the Red Sox taking two out of three from the defending World Series champs. Then we'll head back to the Windy City with the Royals taking on the White Sox. With the White Sox taking two out of three. Back to Milwaukee with the Pirates and Brewers, with Milwaukee taking three out of four. Then we'll head to, to sunny Miami with the Rays taking on the Marlins and the Rays taking all three in that three-game series. 
back to St. Louis with the Indians and Cardinals. We had the Cardinal or two, we had the Indians taking two out of three from the Cardinals. Back down to Texas and Arlington with the Dodgers taking on the Rangers. The Dodgers taking two out of three. Heading up to Buffalo where you had the Orioles taking on the Blue Jays with the Blue Jays taking three out of four. To the Rocky Mountains, we had the Padres taking on the Rockies with the Padres taking three out of four. Then back in the desert, we had the Giants taking on the, the Diamondbacks with the Giants taking two out of three. Then to the City of Angels, where we had the Mariners taking on the Angels in a four-game series with both teams taking two apiece. And we head back to Houston, where it was supposed to be a three-game series, but only two games were played due to a positive COVID-19 test, with Houston taking the first two, but the third game being postponed, and the makeup they has been given as of now. And to close out the weekend, we had the Braves taking on the Phillies, with the Phillies taking two out of three. Wow. Hey, so looking back at some of what you were showing there, too, there was a couple of rivalry games going on, the Subway Series. Now, what did you say, the, the Yankees took that three to five? They played a five-game series, and the Yankees took three of them. Did you anticipate that? What was your – did you think Yankees would take all, none, some? What was um, your guess? I was thinking, you know, maybe – I don't think they would They would have swept it because, you know, it's tough to win a five-game series. I was thinking four. Three wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Of course, the Mets came in. They caught the Yankees at a good time where they were slumping you know, on a losing streak, a lot of injuries. But, I mean, a three, three to two series win, that's probably what around what I would expect, maybe three to four at the most. I didn't expect them to lose it because I didn't think the Mets were that good. Yeah. But it doesn't surprise me that the Yankees won it. Well, they, they got LeMahieu back. Not then, though. They we. They just burned him back, I guess, when he played the Rays. But he wasn't there. We talked about to a lot of the other players, certainly Aaron Judge. By the way, Aaron Judge is getting a lot of grief, too, because, you know, he's he was coming back and then he wasn't. And then people say, well, he has time to do a Hulu commercial. <laughs> he doesn't have time to recoup. <laughs> yeah, he hurt himself in a Hulu commercial. And uh, looking at the, the other uh, rivalry with the Marlins and the Rays, and I was wondering if that was going to happen earlier this year because I was saying they bring out the shovel for the Marlins because I was wondering with all the COVID if they'd even be able to play this year. Uh, the Rays, they did pretty good with the Marlins, and then uh, they're doing pretty well right now with uh, up there with the Yankees, and we'll see how that series plays out. Yeah, big series, and it's always fun to beat the Yankees, even if they are considered down at the moment. Yeah, it's always great to beat them. Sorry to sound like a little bit of a homer out there for the Yankee fans, but I like to give them grief every now and then. Yeah, like that's not something fun to do. <laughs> well, now that you've given us all the rundown, can you can you give us some of the standings? What are we looking at across the, the different leagues and divisions? Oh, well, speaking of Yankee fans, I'd love to give out the standings. We'll start in the AL East just for them. <laughs> the Rays first place in the AL East at 25 and 11, four and a half games ahead of the Yankees. In the Central, you have the White Sox leading that division at 22 and 13, a game ahead of the Indians, two and a half ahead of the Twins. In the in the West, you have the A's leading that division still at 22 and 12, two and a half games ahead of the Astros, who have made up a little bit of ground. Moving to the NL, the Braves still lead the NL East at 20 and 14, three games ahead of the Marlins and Phillies, who are both tied for second at 15 and 15. Out in the Central, the Cubbies still lead that division at 20-14, three games ahead of the Cardinals, four games ahead of the Brewers. 
And in the West, not much has changed as the Dodgers still lead that 26 and 10, four and a half games ahead of the Padres. And taking a look at the playoff picture, according to what we have so far, we don't have the exact rules of how they're going to do it. You know, Major League Baseball is taking their time on that one. Be nice to know since it's closing in pretty quickly. Taking a look at the American League, you have the Rays first overall in the AL at 25 and 11. Two games ahead of the A's, who are second overall, followed by the White Sox, who are two and a half games behind the Rays. But the Indians, the fourth seed, tied for the fifth seed, you had the Astros and Yankees. Twins at the seventh seed, and rounding out the eighth seed, you had the Blue Jays, who are a game and a half ahead of the Tigers, and three and a half games ahead of the Orioles. Switching over to the National League, the Dodgers, first place again, 26 and 10, four and a half games ahead of the Padres, who are only a half a game ahead of the Cubs in the third seed, who are also tied with the Braves, both of them at 20 and 14. So we have a tie there for the third seed. The Marlins are in the fifth seed at 15 and 15, tied with the Phillies, who are 15 and 15 as well. And then rounding out the top eight, you have the Cardinals and Rockies. And then a game and a half behind the Rockies for the eighth seed, you have a tie between the Giants and Brewers. So that's the playoff picture we have so far, and I don't know how much it'll change next week, but it well, seems like it's going to be exciting. It's going to be. I can't imagine it not being exciting. I think you're absolutely right on that. It's, <laughs> and I still find it fascinating that you know we're looking at 16 teams that can potentially be there. But you know that that's all right. It makes an exciting time for such a strange, strange year. And I'm looking forward to it as well to hear what, what's coming out next week. Let's take a look again what we've been talking about today. We've been talking about the trade deadlines, seeing a lot of activity with Padres, and then we said some with the Indians. Talked about who wasn't doing much out there. We took a look and seeing what surprises were from teams thus far and what disappointments and the playoffs. I don't know, man. I'm excited about it, like I said, but we'll see what comes. It's something different, you know. It's a weird time anyway, so you might as well say, hey, we'll just throw it out there. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, oh, well, 2020. <laughs> That's it. In 2020 and the 2021, let's move on. I don't know. But exciting we'll time. 2020 as an excuse for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so whoever wins this year, you know, say, oh, yeah, well, they won in 2020. So. <laughs> Unless it's our team. Of course. But that's kind of the nature of the beast as far as fans. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't have a whole lot more to offer. Is there anything else you wanted to cover this week? Um, probably just Brewers need to pick it up a little bit more. I mean, your uniforms are beautiful. Don't, don't disappoint me too much. <laughs> okay. Well, let's hear it for the Brewers. I hope they do well. I hope so, too. Those beautiful-looking uniforms, by the way. <laughs> Okay, well, we know you can't that look uniform. that good and be bad. Now well, I got to talk to Dolores. Maybe she can help them stitch some of the clothing up there. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> anyway, it's been wonderful, Brandon. Thanks again for yet another wonderful week of baseball biz. Just a reminder: you can find Brandon on Twitter at the Sports Blitz One. That's the numeric one at the Sports Blitz One. You can find baseball biz at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. So we're there, and I always look forward to hearing more from you all. Thank you again for joining us this week. Brandon, have a great week, my friend. Thanks, you as well. All right. So thanks again for joining us here at Baseball Biz, and we also want to give our thanks to X-Take RUX, the folks who provide our theme music. Take care and have a wonderful week. <laughs>